0: Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Midlife Best Podcast, and this is episode 099. Can you believe that? Almost episode 100. Well, today on episode 99, I'm going to talk about the book club a little bit, give you some wrap up with that, and talk about the podcast episodes that are moving forward, and just give you a little bit of an update, a preview, and let you know where things are going. I would love to hear from you, so I always like to remind you that the easiest way to contact me is by email, and that's heather at midlifebest.com. So I am done with the book club for now, doesn't mean the book club is not coming back, but Last week, we wrapped up How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was a great book. I spent a few months doing that book club. I'm leaving all of the archived material up on the Midlife Best Facebook page as well as the YouTube channel. And certainly, you can go back and watch any of that if you're interested or listen to the podcast episodes. And they're all labeled, so you'll be able to find them in your podcast directories. And then, if you really want to go back... To the first installment that was The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks also a really excellent book and that was starting in the summer of 2019 so I covered two great books I really enjoyed doing that but it does take a significant amount of time and right now with my teaching schedule and everything else going on I just don't have time and the best thing we can do when we feel really busy is to take a step back cut where it needs to be cut and pruned so that our time becomes our own and that we really can balance everything out. I know I always say there's no balance, there's just harmony, and there's a lot of truth to that, but sometimes we have to make those decisions for a season. So right now, I'm not doing a book club, but we'll see how it goes, and maybe in the spring or in the summer when things settle a little bit. So those were great books, and highly, highly, I recommend that you read those books if you still haven't, um, or if you missed anything, go back and catch up. So podcast-wise, I do want to talk about a lot of different things going forward, and I'd love your feedback to let me know what you want to hear and what you want to talk about and listen to in the podcast. I would like to take some time to talk about health and wellness Not from an expert standpoint. I'm certainly no expert. I don't have any medical background. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a teacher. Uh, But I, as a teacher, deal with all the germs of all the students all day long. And so I certainly have what works for me. And I know how I get through cold and flu season. And yes, I know people are very worried about all the other viruses out there. This new virus, the coronavirus... Um, we can't go around being afraid, but we do have to be practical and prepared as much as possible. So there is a balance. And if you're interested in that, please email me, let me know, and I'll put a show together. Other things we're going to be talking about, uh, really going back to the focus of Midlife Best. What is your next big thing? Is it going back to school? Is it a business um, that you want to start or changing careers or getting into the art, the music, the writing, those creative pursuits that you haven't been giving enough of your time and energy to? That's really the foundation of Midlife Best, and we'll be spending some time talking about those things. Now, for today's episode, I'm re-sharing some things that I've shared here in bits and pieces here and there on the podcast, but never really put together in one podcast. And that is the art and science of turning down job offers. Why I have done this many times, why you should turn down job offers if And if, there's a lot of ifs, but if it's not the right offer and if you have better options. And that sometimes it's all about the money. It really is. And I'll say that again and I don't apologize for it because sometimes it's about the money. So a little background because if you haven't listened to all the different past podcasts, you're not going to have put all these different pieces together, but Most of you know that I was a career changer. Most of you know that I've moved around and lived in different states. So I originally got a master's degree in family therapy, but I never got the state license to practice family therapy because we moved several times and states have different roles and it's a lot to get that license. And I just wasn't that interested in pursuing it. Later on, I worked as a case manager which I loved but I also went back to school and I got a master's in special education and I am currently a teacher but even within my teaching career I've had multiple jobs in multiple school districts and so I have a lot of experience more than some people with applying for jobs having a good resume, doing interviews, dealing with job offers. And yes, I've turned more than a couple of job offers down in my life. And I wanted to talk about that today because it's not something I hear people talk about very much. People talk about getting the job as if getting an offer is the whole thing. And it's not. It just isn't. Especially in today's climate. When you are looking around in your everyday shopping and the things that you do throughout the day, keep your eyes open and you're going to notice that a lot of people are hiring. There, There are hiring signs pretty much everywhere I go. Now, I know a lot of those might not be your dream job, but there are a lot of jobs out there and honestly, that's good. That means the economy is good. That means that businesses are hiring and... I know that a lot of people in midlife don't necessarily want a minimum wage job, although um, I read a really good book. Now, I'm going to try to find the title quickly. Um, Starbucks Saved My Life, I believe, is the title of the book. It's called How Starbucks Saved My Life by Michael Gates Gill. And it is a book that I really enjoyed. I read this a number of years ago. It was originally published. I'm looking here online. It was published in 2007. So it's about 13 years ago. But this was a middle-aged advertising executive who went through a bad divorce, lost his job. He was somewhat wealthy growing up and actually pretty wealthy growing up and had this very nice lifestyle, the Connecticut, New York City kind of lifestyle. And the guy lost his job. And he ended up getting a job at a Starbucks and he had some health issues that were pretty serious. And when he worked at Starbucks, he got health insurance, got his medical issues taken care of. And he talked in the book about how much he learned and how it was such a good experience for him and really just changed his life. Um, So Michael Gates, I really liked that book. I recommend that book not doing another book study right now but that wouldn't be a bad one to do to be honest um so anyway Michael Gates Gill sorry i think i said it wrong he he did take one of those jobs there was there was an opening he took a job at Starbucks and it's not beneath no no job is beneath us but sometimes it doesn't meet our needs so when i say it's about the money you know for him in that situation It really was about the health insurance. So, and it was about having a purpose and a place to go every day because a lot of things were falling apart in his life. Um, But for me, I've turned down numerous jobs and I told on a previous podcast about a job that I accepted the job. I did a couple of days of job orientation and by the third day I, I quit. I did not even actually start the job. And it was a mess, and I knew it was a mess. I had a gut instinct that it was going to be really a bad situation, and I was right. And um, within a year or two, that place started to fall apart, and they ended up being shut down by the government for mismanagement of government Medicaid funds. So, um, that was one, I, and I talked about that on a podcast where I said, when God saved me from a bad job. And he really did. Um, and everything worked out, but that was a mess. And I did not have another job lined up. And I don't normally recommend that people just kind of go off and quit jobs. In that situation, my husband had a job that was solid at that time. And so even though we weren't doing wonderfully financially, it was okay. If not, I would have had to really scramble to find something right away. I have had other situations when I have turned down jobs For financial reasons because they were great jobs that I knew were not going to pay enough and within the past five years I can think of three positions that I have turned down either a solid offer twice it was a solid offer once it was a second interview with a a solid offer was going to be imminent as far as I could tell three jobs that I turned down. <clears throat> okay, back. Sorry. I I was just losing my voice a little bit and I tried to trim that part. I told you guys I never edit my podcast because I don't know how and I'm not good at it. So my voice is a little scratchy. I'm sorry. There's a, <clears throat> a lot going around at work, like I said at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm drinking my tea. Anyway, so three jobs where I did turn down either a definite offer or almost on the way and offer places that I would have loved to work, but I knew it would be resentment salary. And what I mean by that, I heard that when someone once was talking about a business and if you charge resentment wages or resentment prices, it means that you'll do the job or you'll sell the product, but you'll resent it every time because you're not charging enough. And resentment wages to me means I would be frustrated and probably in another year or so I'd be looking for another job because I would resent that paycheck. It would be too little and it wouldn't meet the needs of my family. Now, my family, my husband and I both work full-time. He also has a business on the side and I have my writing and my projects on the side. My side business does not make very much, but my full-time job, my teaching position has the best healthcare benefits, the best benefits period. So we all rely on my benefits. My kids are all still young enough that they're on my insurance. And so that factors into me a lot when I'm looking for a job, but the salary still does factor in. Because it matters and I am not going to be resentful of having a low salary when other places had a better salary. Now, these three particular offers, and that's all, like I said, been within the past five, maybe five or six years, um, were times when I was going to transition into another job or I was looking something for something closer to home or whatever that was, but they were all at schools that provided special education services that were not public schools, but they were publicly funded through government dollars, but their funding is different and they just pay tens of thousands of dollars less a year. And often the teacher work schedule is a lot more. And so I would love to work in those environments and maybe someday I will. But at that time, when I was looking and I was getting those offers, it wasn't enough. And I knew that it wouldn't be good for my family in the long run. So I knew that working in a public school setting was going to give me better benefits and a better salary and a better schedule, which all is better for my family. Um, so sorry about my voice, but we're going to muddle through. So those three jobs. I also... Had a situation where when I was looking for teaching jobs at one point, I was looking, it was public school. It was when I was looking down in the Bronx. I ended up taking a position down in the Bronx, but I was looking at another position. Now, let me say this you may say, Well, how, how, why are you getting all these interviews? When I would look for jobs, I would put out a lot of applications. I would not sit back. And put out one application and hope someone was going to call me. I was putting out a lot of applications. I was getting a lot of calls. I was getting a lot of interviews. And it's been that way for me multiple times throughout the years in different job settings. When I wanted jobs, I would get jobs. And I would get offers. And I would get interviews. Because I made sure my resume was excellent. I made sure I presented myself well online. But it's sometimes just a numbers game. If you want job interviews, you got to put out a lot of resumes. You got to target them. You've got to make yourself as professional as possible and you go and you get those interviews. You do all the interviews and you know, it is sometimes you're going to interview. I would interview for things that I knew I was perfect for and I'd never hear from them again. When I did the one job that I did take in the Bronx, I really didn't think he liked me that much when he interviewed me, but sure enough, He started calling my references and called me back within a day and made me an offer. But at that same time, I was also interviewing for other schools. So I interviewed for a school and I really liked this administrator. She was on her game. She was quality and I could tell she was quality. But she was very honest when she called me back. And She said she really liked me. We did well. Actually, it might have been an an email. I can't remember if it was an email or an actual phone call after the interview. This has been a number of years, like I said, five, six years ago. Um, She said to me, everything went great, but I need you to know that this position is not just a regular school day position. She was trying to be a very, uh, community involved kind of school. It was a public school, but they did a lot of evenings, special programs, special activities, weekends, camping trips, trips with the students. She, and she knew that I had a family. I had said something in the interview, I believe, and just maybe even offhanded. Now they don't, you know, usually they don't hold that against you. Um, you certainly in an interview, don't have to say anything about whether you're married, not married, kids, no kid, you know, you don't have to say anything like that. And it's really none of their business. But I really appreciated her openness and her transparency because she said, or emailed, that she needed a teacher for this position who would be all in and be willing to work many more hours than the regular school schedule. Now, I would also, like the position that I ended up taking, I would have been commuting. So that was three hours a day commute plus. And my kids at that time were, I'm going to say, upper middle, middle school to maybe lower high school age. So they all still were very busy at home. They needed a mom around. And I was very grateful that this administrator explained what she really needed because that wasn't me. And I said, thank you so much. And no, that that's not what I can give right now to your students. And I never felt guilty about that. And I never regretted that decision because that wouldn't have been the right job. And I would have either resented all the work that I was doing because I would have been neglecting my family or I would have taken the position and then said, no, I can't do these things. And she would have resented me because she needed somebody to do these things. And that's totally fair of that administrator. That's the person she needed. She needed a teacher who could give that amount of time. And it wasn't me. That's just the truth. So that was another one. Then I once had a phone conversation, a very good phone conversation with an administrator from another special school. And special school teaching, let me say this, it really was in my heart and it really was something that I wanted to do, but I never could make it work. And as I said, maybe it will work one day, um, but it never did. So I had a conversation with an administrator who wanted to, to interview me, but she said, before you even come in, I really want to have a discussion with you. She said, I know you've been teaching in the public system. And she said, we can't pay anything close to what they pay. And I really need you to understand that before we even do an interview, because there's really no point in doing the interview if the money is so low that you're not going to be interested in the end. So again, openness and transparency by somebody who was willing to be honest with me. And, and that was, that was helpful because the truth is I couldn't take a pay cut of tens of thousands of dollars a year with children who need things and that I want to be able to do for them and give to them. And so, This is now about five scenarios that I've given you, and these are all true. Six, if you count the orientation one that I quit after a few days. These are all true scenarios, and these are all times when I said no. Either no to an interview or no to an actual offer or whatever. And here's the thing. I had options because I played that numbers game. And I believe that I played it pretty well because I would end up with good jobs. Now, I'm also a person who's pretty comfortable moving jobs and changing jobs and meeting new people. And it does make me nervous and it is hard. But I also, I like the challenge and I know in the end, it just makes me a richer person. So I know that for some people, that's really, really hard to do. I also know that depending on where you live, there may not be all of these different options and places to apply. I grew up in a small town in central Kansas. I understand that. My situation being 60 some miles outside of New York City is very different than my situation would have been in central Kansas, but I would have been willing to commute probably more than a lot of other people would be willing and or able to do. And I know that, and I know that although my kids were still young enough that I wanted to be home a lot, my kids weren't tiny. So all we needed was a morning babysitter to put them on the bus for an hour a day. I did not require daycare. I did not require, you know, a very high level of childcare. So I realized that I'm giving out these scenarios and that's just my own experience. It's not anyone else's experience. And I know that. But what I want you to take away from this is there might be something that applies to some of you who are thinking about changing jobs and thinking about how to get all these interviews and thinking about, well, what if it really is about the money and they don't offer me anywhere near enough? First of all, if you're getting the wrong kind of fish, you might be fishing in the wrong pond. And what I mean by that, if you know anything about fishing, and I don't know a whole lot, but I know a little. There are certain fish that live in certain ponds. And if you are fishing in the wrong pond, you're not going to get you're not going to get salmon fishing in a little pond because that's not where they live. You aren't going to get a job that pays a lot if you're looking at nonprofits that really don't pay anybody more than about minimum wage. It's just the way it is. Now, sometimes you can create a job for yourself. Sometimes you can piece a couple of jobs together. I actually tried to do that. One of the positions that I turned down would have been great. It was working with high school students coming out of special education who wanted to go on to some type of college experience. And they were developing a program at a local community college, and it was going to be wonderful. It was a new program, and they were going to have a small cohort of students do a college experience. And they would uh, get it funded in a special way so that these young people could have kind of a special ed college. Well, it was part time and it was very low wage. And I said, well, I'm hoping that I can also pick up some teaching classes at the college. That way I'll be able to balance out the pay. And they said, we're really sorry, but the college has a rule against that. And you're not allowed to take multiple types of jobs at the college. Now, I thought, why on earth not? Time-wise, it wouldn't conflict. Money-wise, it would make it possible for me to basically put two part-time jobs together to make myself a full-time job. I thought it was a wonderful solution. And I honestly think their rule was really nonsensical i i it didn't I didn't see any logic in this rule, but that was their rule, so I had to turn it down. I would have loved the work, and I know that I absolutely would have loved the work, but in the end, it wasn't right. You have to do what's right for you, but when I say it's all about the money, we know it's not all about the money, but sometimes. Your family needs things or you need things or or the health insurance is, is really important or the retirement. Most of the time, you can figure it out and work a way around it. If it's a job you really want, and you really love, you'll figure something out. But sometimes the solutions are not really helpful solutions. And that's kind of what I ran into. And the solution would have been just working multiple jobs or... Um, Doing something that, again, time-wise was just so bad for my family or whatever it was. And so I've always tried to be thankful, to show appreciation, to not burn any bridges when I've turned positions down. But the truth is that it's not fair to another person, right? It's not fair to another employer if you take a position, knowing that it's really not a good situation. And so I've tried to do things the right way. But remember, and I'm going to just repeat this again, because it's important. Part of why I was able to do this is that usually I had other interviews and I had really good expectations of getting other offers. So I wasn't Leaving myself in a, a position of scrambling to try to find something or of having to take something that I really didn't want or really wasn't a good match. If I was going to do that, I would rather take a job where there's a super high turnover working at, I, I don't know, um, working at the coffee place, working at the restaurant, whatever that is. And I haven't ever had to do that. But honestly, That would be better to me than taking a professional position, but knowing that it wasn't the right position and I didn't plan to stay. I don't want to be in that situation of taking a job that I don't want and resenting it or letting them down and knowing that someone else probably really wanted that job and was probably a great match for that job and they didn't get it because I took it. So everything does work out. It really does. And a lot of prayer went into a lot of these job situations and decisions. Um, When when you can't see, because you're in the middle of, of the forest, you're in the middle of that situation, you really can't see how it all lines up to work out. But afterwards, looking back with perspective, later, I so often have been able to look back and just see how everything lined up and how the no's turned into the right decision and then opened doors for the yeses. If you don't know what to do, I say, be active, go out there and first of all, get that resume good. Um, I... Robin Ryan is the the lady who has a great resume book um let me look that up for you because she's really helped her books uh, really helped with how to write a good resume and how to um, she has oh she has a ton of books actually winning cover letters 60 seconds and you're hired winning resumes soaring on your strengths yeah Uh, Actually, she has a ton of books. I think I probably had winning cover letters and winning resumes way back when. They're going back 20-some years, those books. But that's helped me to learn how to write good resumes, good cover letters. And I say take action. Get a bunch of resumes out there. Get a bunch of interviews. And then you can make your decisions. And if you need to take a step back, you need to take some time you can also do that. It's never an emergency until it is, and it hardly ever is, honestly. Does that make sense? So when I've been job hunting, even when I really didn't know how it was going to work out, at least I knew what to do. At least I knew what steps to take. And so I wouldn't panic too much because I knew I was making progress and I was in action and I was in momentum to get a good job. And so hopefully that's been helpful to someone. I felt like this was some message that I really needed to share because I guess I probably have more experience with this than a lot of people. Um, but it's, it is just kind of the, the way my life has worked out. So living in several states, having different degrees, making a career change, having a commute, trying to lessen my commute, you know, all those things are the factors. It's not because, it's not because I'm unhappy in every job that I'm ever in. It's really not. It's just, I'm, I want a better situation often, or we moved, or, um, you know things changed in the job that I was in and so I needed a, a shift sometimes it was outward circumstances circumstances sometimes it was internal circumstances but when I knew that it was time to look for jobs I got busy and I took action and that's what I want you to be able to do as well so if you are interested in more career type of podcasts let me know if there's anything about the job hunt or job search process that you would like to know that i could cover in a future episode i would love to do that and i have some resources i can certainly point you to different books and things that i've read websites courses whatever that is i would love to help if any of you have questions on that because certainly in midlife it's time if you need that change or if you feel like um you feel like something's coming around the bend and you just need to be ready, uh, I'll help you in any way that that I know to do. So heather at midlifebest.com. I'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 99. And next week, we'll get to the big episode 100. And we'll keep moving along with the podcast. And uh, And I, I hope that you're gaining value from it. So it's fun to be back doing the podcast and... Maybe I'll start missing the book club, but for now, this is good too. So with that, I will wish you a wonderful week and I'll talk to you again soon.